I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Adoption Chronicles. I'm your host, Mick Shepherd, and today I'm joined by Jackie Green. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Hi, thanks. Uh, it's awesome to have you on board. Um, so where does your adoption story start? Um, my adoption story starts at Crown Street Women's Hospital. Yep. Um, I was picked up by my adoptive parents at three weeks of age. Right. Um, my biological mum was 23. Yep. And it was one of those situations where, um, the family didn't want to get a bad name by their daughter being pregnant as a single mum. Right. So a real society type situation there. Yeah. 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 So she got sent to a naughty girl's home in Sydney. Right. And worked as a housemaid until she was too big to continue working um and then gave birth to me at crown street right and so yeah so when did you find out i found out at two years of age i have an old brother who's adopted as well different parents yep um and he had been told by my adoptive parents that he was adopted and so was i yep and they explained it all to him, and then he came and told me that I was lucky because I had two mummies and two daddies. Oh, wow. So I have grown up from the age of two knowing that I was adopted. Right. Um, do you remember how you felt at the time? I know being two is very, very young. A um, little bit confused. Yeah. Um, I remember running into my mum and asking her, and she said, yes, it was true, and then she explained a little bit about um, – what they'd been told, like just the very, very basics. Yeah. Um, and then as I grew up, it was just common knowledge through our family 
um, that I was adopted and that my brother was adopted um, and, like, it was never a taboo subject. Oh, that's good. If you wanted to talk about it, you could talk about it sort of thing. Yep. I suppose one of the questions that I feel like I should ask, it's more on my behalf because I know that um, it wasn't common. I didn't think about it all the time. But was there any moments when you were growing up uh, as a kid where you thought um, what life might have been like if you weren't adopted? Yes, I did because I am totally different to the family that I grew up in. Right. Um, Looks-wise and also personality-wise, I'm a strong believer in your personality is from genetics or environment. Yep. My personality is 100% genetics. Right. Um, So I had stubborn nature, um, very strong beliefs in stuff, and that was not what my family was like. Right. Did that um, cause conflict or was there... It could could make it um, difficult at times, um, but... Over time, like the older that I got, um, particularly my adoptive mother knew that once I'd made my mind up on something, that was it. That was what I was right. going to do, regardless of whether it was for my good or my detriment. Um, and yeah, she just sort of they learned not to, not to try and sway me because if you told me no, I'd go harder in the right. other direction. Yep. So uh, yeah, yeah. So did you? Um, so even I guess other parts to that story were things that interested you different? Like I know some uh, men I've spoken to, uh, their f- families are into sport where they're into motor racing or or vice versa. Um, have you got any instances yeah, like I'm, that? Yeah, I'm um, heavily into cars. Um, I have tattoos. Yep. I have piercings. Um, always have way out hairstyles, um, yep. and my family was is and was very conservative. Right. So yeah, if I walked down the street with my mum and you could see my tattoos, she would walk six foot in front of me. She would not walk beside me. Wow. So long sleeves and uh, yeah. long long pants. No, no. I just used to let them show, and I was like, if you don't want to walk with me, then that's your. Fair enough. That's your loss, not mine. Absolutely. And it wasn't until she was passing away that she actually understood why I had them done and then was quite accepting of them. Okay. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I was, I've was. i always been the one that was into different things and um, all that sort of stuff. So the, the black sheep of the family then? Yeah, definitely the black sheep of the family. Definitely. How were you with your cousins and... Um, aunties and uncles, was that? Uh... Um, I have one lot of relatives that actually asked my adoptive nana what I would call her, uh-huh. and she said nana, yep. and they went, but she's not your granddaughter, so why would she call you nana? Yeah. That was one part of the family, and my brother and I are not on the family tree that yeah. they did because we're not blood. Wow. Um and that's adopted as well, she was not told. Okay. So from the time we were about five years of age, we never saw them because the parents were worried that I or my brother would bring up the adoption and my cousin knew nothing about it. 
Yeah, right. And it wasn't until she turned 18 and found out that she was adopted that she eventually got back in contact with me and we're now extremely close. Right. And and joke about it quite a bit, actually, that we're so close and it's only really signatures on a piece of paper that have brought the two of us together. Yeah. And circumstances that are not that are unique and they definitely do make relationships stronger though, don't they? Oh, they do. Yeah. 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 The two of us get on absolutely famously and we quite often sit down and discuss the fact that we're adopted and how weird things are and um, the trauma associated with being adopted and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So with the adoption in general um, and the conversations you have with your cousin, where do you see adoption in in general in society? How do you kind of, I don't think pigeonhole is the right term, but where do you reckon we fit? Oh, um, on the outskirts on the outskirts because we're not um, the people that I know that are adopted. We all have um, a, a, like I said, a damage, a trauma because we're adopted. Yeah. Um, and unless you're adopted, you don't understand it. Yeah. Um, and there's always a piece that I'm going to get upset. Sorry. There's always a piece that never fits. Yep. There's always the piece that's missing. doesn't matter whether you have um, children of your own, a loving relationship, um, whether you've met your biological parents. There yeah. is always a piece that misses that in and no one, unless you're in that situation, no one understands it. Yeah, and, yeah, that's yeah, – I think that's 100% right. You know, unless you've been through it or – and it's not even a case where we're going through it. This is what – it is. Yeah, um, exactly. It's not, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no, um, no amount of therapy, no amount of anything will ever replace whatever the piece is, whatever the damage is that's been caused by it. Um, and it, it gives you a different skew on life. It gives you a different skew on your relationships that you have. Yeah. Um, a different need, a different want. Is there any? Yeah. Is there anything that, as a group, or even as individuals, that we can do? Do you think that can improve or help um, that feeling? I think the huge one is knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. Knowing that what you're feeling is um, genuine. It is an actual feeling, and that there are people out there as well that understand exactly how you're feeling, what you're going through, um, the way you react to certain situations and stuff like that. And it's genuine. It's not made up. It's not, and you're not alone in that. There are people out there that are exactly the same and not everyone deals with it the same way. Not everyone admits to the fact that they have the trauma associated with it, Yep. but we all have it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, it's it's the I've had explained to me that it's the lack of bonding. It's the lack of um, that the early bonding that you get with um, 
your parent and just there's at, at some stages I felt that like there was a, a period where did I want to be telling my mum and dad certain things? My mum mostly because I was really close with her. Yep. Was there things that I wanted to tell her given that she wasn't really my mum? Was there stuff that I wanted to share with her because really she wasn't really my mum, which is a really odd thing to think mm. when she was the one that had raised me and done everything for me. Yeah. But it was just when I was going through that like teenage angst and all that sort of stuff, it was like um, – do I really want to be doing this? Do I really want to be opening up and all that sort of stuff? Mm. Um, and which is something that you wouldn't think. Yeah. And teenage years are hard at the best of times. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everyone is totally different. Like my adopted brother doesn't talk about his adoption. He isn't open to talk about his adoption. Doesn't want to have anything to do with discussing it. Doesn't want to meet his biological parents and all that sort of stuff, he just shuts it down. Yep. Um, whereas I'm the polar opposite with it. Yeah. And and that's where each of us is unique too. Like the circumstances exactly. surrounding our stories are all unique and how we deal with it and act on that is unique as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like some people don't discuss it at all. Some people, like my cousin, didn't grow up knowing about it. Yeah. Um, I know of people that didn't find out until their parents passed away and they went through paperwork. Yeah. That they were adopted. Um, so, yeah, there's all, there's everyone's story is different, but at the heart of it, we're, we're the only ones that can feel it. We're the only ones that know the feeling and know um, the... It's not really a sense of loss that's yeah. associated with it. It's just it's a sense of yeah, just just never being complete. Yeah, there's a little missing piece, like you were saying before. Yeah. So it's hard yeah. to yeah. feel loss for something that's never been there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You never had the opportunity to feel it, so you don't know what you're missing, but you know something's missing. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think the easiest way to describe it was. A couple of days after my eldest son was born, I was lying in hospital with him and I had him lying on the hospital bed with me and yep. just hit me like a freight train. He was my family. Yeah. He was my blood and no one and nothing could ever take that away from me. Like he was, it was like the start. It was like, this is what it feels like to have a family. Yeah. Even though I'd had a family yep. and grown up without any dramas, mm. it was just, it was just that recognition, that realization that, he, this is this is where my family starts, sort of thing. Yeah. So, like the starting of a new family tree. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it's on the start of it. Yeah. And from me down, is my family like, um, yeah. Did you have you met your biological parents? I've met my biological mother. Um, we were in contact for about. Um, five years. Right. How did um, all that start? I had I had tracked her down um very slyly because she had a veto. Oh. Um that was put on her when I turned eighteen. Her yep. my biological grandmother made her put it on so that there would be no contact. Wow. But I had information that my parents had been given from um Crown Street Women's Hospital 
I had done had a birth search done through the hospital. So had they had written down stuff about my birth records and everything and sent it to me. Yep. So I knew how old she like what year she was born. I knew her Christian name and fortunately I knew her surname. Right. And that was just through a the Crown Street Women's Hospital. Her surname was on the birth card on my crib. Oh, really? And they yeah, kept it that? Said, it said baby and the surname, and my mum saw it and remembered it. Wow. So I had those three things. So I went to the electoral roll. Oh, okay. And searched the name up yep. and then said to the lady behind the counter, does this person have this year of birth? And she said to me, and I said to her, can you tell me her date of birth? And she said, no, I can't, but if you can tell me what information you've got, I can acknowledge or deny that that is what I have on the record. Wow. So I found her that way um, and wrote to her. I was 24 at the time. Yeah. And I got a letter back from her that said, what are your reasons and motivations for contacting me? How did you receive that? That would have been pretty I hard. was, yeah, yeah, I wasn't happy at all. I wasn't happy at all. Um, I thought that it was cold, callous, hard. Yeah. Um, and to assume that I wanted something hurt badly. Yeah. So I, I didn't write back. I just left it. Didn't do anything more about it. Um, and then I had had, I'd had my eldest son. Yep. And I wrote to her again, and she wrote back immediately. Right. And had said that she had tried to track me down in the years, in the gap years, which was about five years. Yep. Um, and we met. Um, I went to her place with my best friend, and um, she looks like me. Yep. She had sent me photos where... At the same age, we looked the same. Okay. We had holidayed in the same locations at different times. Wow. Um, we thought the same. We laughed the same. We finished each other's. We were so similar, so similar. Yeah. Um, um, but due to the partner that she had in her life that I didn't get along with, Right. Um, I was having a birthday party for one of my kids and sort of said, love you to come, but I don't want him there because he's just trouble. And she said I was emotionally blackmailing her. Ah, right. So um, I have not spoken to her or seen her since, and that was 18 years ago. Right. She doesn't know that she has. I now have four kids. She knew she had two grandkids. Yeah. She doesn't know about the other two. Um, And, yeah, I'm... It was after being, I felt rejected for the second time. Yeah. I wasn't willing to let myself be open to that again. I completely Um, understand that. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like her loss. Um, My biological father. Yep. I, after much searching and doing a DNA test, found him. Um, I actually found a biological auntie first. Okay. Who turns out to be my father's sister. Yep. Um, so got in contact with her. Then she was sending messages to my biological father from me, so I didn't have direct contact with him. 
Yeah. Um, he's denying the DNA. Oh. Will not have another DNA test done. Um, my biological mother said she couldn't remember who he was, so okay. I'm the result of a one night stand. Right. Um, but he could, he could mention situations and, and locations and stuff, so he knows exactly who my mother is. But he's saying that yeah, I'm not his, and he's not willing at this age to accept that I'm his child and all that sort of stuff. So, um. The bad part about that is that his parents are still alive and in their 90s. Wow. And I can't see them um, and they can't see their great-grandchildren because of him. Yeah, right. They're not not willing to cross him. Um, so that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, because I would love to meet them both and I can't. Yep. But I have got the most incredible auntie out of it. Oh, that's um, good. And, yeah, she's actually met my kids and all that sort of stuff. Um, right. So that has been good. But the biological parent bit has been a bit of a roller coaster and a, um, a roundabout sort of all at the same time. But yeah. I have, I have photos of my father and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, and I have two half-brothers that I have never met. Right. It's so, – Yeah. Yeah. It, before uh, the – I guess the biological search begins. Anything's possible, isn't it? Um, you don't yeah, know how yeah. things are going to pan out, whether it's going to be good, bad, or indifferent. And exactly, exactly. Mm. Yeah, and to have one that was happy to meet me and see me and all that sort of stuff, and then have that drop off. Yeah, um, was hard enough. But then to have one that knows that you're alive and you exist. Um, and to have them not acknowledge that and not be willing to to acknowledge that is um, very bittersweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just I've just sort of taken it in my stride and gone. Well, that's not like I can't do anything about that. That's his loss. No. Um, absolutely. I'm extremely extremely grateful to be in contact with his sister. Yep. And the way I look at it is, she's obviously the one that I was meant to find. Yeah. So that it's worked out the way it was meant to work out. Yeah. Do you know if she's told her parents? Well, she's actually adopted as well. Right. Which is how it, how she did, why she did her DNA, because she was actually looking for her biological parents. Wow. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of adoption in my family, believe yeah. it or not. Um, so, yeah, she's actually found her biological parents, which is my grandparents. Right. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so yeah. the your auntie's not. She didn't grow up with your biological dad. No, no, because her my biological parents, dad's parents split up. Right. And yeah, my auntie is a result of um, my biological grandfather and his new wife. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's very confusing, very yeah. confusing. I, yeah, yeah. I have, I think the same as everyone, you have a loose understanding of how family trees are drawn up. And yeah. I can only imagine how that looks. With that have to be dotted lines or something that would make the family tree with adoption in it, 
look completely different. But then at the same time, considering human history, because there's no point in time when adoption started because you would have to say since time immemorial, like before records were kept, there'd be adoption. So biologically, everybody would have adoption within their family tree. Somewhere along the line, yeah, there would be Mm. an illegitimate child that was raised by somebody else in the family without it being known. Absolutely. And the only way it would be found is through DNA searching. Yeah, and that's really quite recent when we consider the the length of time that we're discussing because I know that when the records were opened up in the late, Eighties, mid eighties. Um, there were stories where, you know, uh, grandmother um, type aged ladies were committing suicide because they were keeping this secret for so yeah. long. And yeah, you know, Pandora's box creaked open at that point. But with DNA, which has come quite prevalent now in the last. 10 years, I suppose, Pandora's box is wide open. Yeah, and it's there's no hiding with it. No. There's no there's no hiding at all because, like, when I did mine, it, I actually had through um, a Facebook page, I actually had search angels trying to track mine down yep. because we knew that my father was in Australia but we couldn't find any record of him. Right. And then it turned out that he was actually born in England ah, and came over with his parents from England. So we were searching here and found three sisters from the family that moved to Australia, but we could find no record of my father being born to one of these three sisters. Right. So, yeah, it was, it, it would never have been found. If it wasn't for DNA, we would never, I would never have found what I found. Right. And it, the fact that it's it's not like it's not out of the normal person's reach, it is so easily accessible to be able to get a DNA test and do it and get it done. Yeah. Um, and then you just link up with a couple of the the sites online, and it all just comes. You just get hits. Wow. With all your relatives. So, can you tell us a little bit about the process about the DNA? So you order it online. Oh, yeah. I went through Ancestry.com. Yep. Ordered one of their DNA kits. They then post it out to you, and you literally just collect saliva out of your mouth. Right. Put it into a tube, um, and you've got to mix some other thing with it. You post it back to them, do the thing, and you get sent an electronic result that tells you your genetics, like where your where your bloodline actually comes from, like what what countries and stuff you're actually are actually in your DNA. Yep. Um, and then from there you can actually say to them, Yes, I want my DNA results listed. So they actually enter it into a database and then you get sent back all of your DNA hits. Wow. And then depending on how many CMs, whatever CM stands for, you have with a person that determines your relationship with them. So like it might be a fifth cousin or with my auntie, it was either she was either 
um, an auntie, a half-sister, and that's what we were running on. And it took a little while for them to figure out that she was actually my auntie because she's actually younger than me. Oh, um, okay. And, yeah, that she's my, my dad's sister. Right. So, yeah, it's a, the process in itself is, is fairly easy to do. Um, the waiting to get the results, particularly when there's an adoption thing sitting on it and you're looking for biological parents, mm. can be – the wait can be pretty stressful, but then when you get the results back and you then link it up with Ancestry.com or one of the other companies that you can use – I think that's even more painful because you're getting all these hits but you don't know where the relationship sits or if there's any possibility of finding who you're looking for. Yeah. And it also – the other side has got to have done the DNA testing too. So right. if someone from your biological family hasn't had DNA done, there's no way to track it down. You can get some people – if you get a hit with someone, like I got a hit with a couple of cousins that live in England, yep. they actually gave me access to their tree oh. on Ancestry.com. So they can give you an access to an electronic tree that comes up on your computer screen and then you can grab members off that and then they might have connections somewhere as well. So you can do it like that way through genealogy. Yep. But if you have a DNA connection with someone that's a close relative, it makes it a lot easier to right. track to okay. track them down. It's it's so interesting. Um, yeah, that, that side of it, the, the family tree side of it is just, just blows your mind because the your tree just expands infinitely in all sorts of directions, particularly the the further back you go because they had ten and twelve children. Yeah. So and- that side of it's quite surreal yeah and yeah i am very interested um and i know there's a lot of people out there that are as interested in doing their dna uh there's the search angels do an amazing job and given the amount of angels there are and how many cases get solved that blows my mind as well and they do Mine had come to a standstill. Right. We could not figure out where mine was going. Yep. And then I actually got contacted by my auntie. Oh. Um, through Ancestry.com. Right. And then we realized that my search angel was actually her search angel. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then they, they realized that, hold on a minute, there's actually a connection here between these two that's pretty high. Yeah. Um. And that's how we sort of tracked it down. So um, if if you're wanting to do it, the search angels are absolutely incredible. They're just unbelievable. The stuff that they can find and the way they can figure it all out is just absolutely unbelievable. I couldn't get my head around trying to do it myself because there is a way you can do it yourself and there's a formula you use and all that sort of stuff. I just couldn't get my head around it. Yeah. I think I was too um, emotionally yeah. vested in it yeah. and couldn't pull back from it enough to just see it clearly. Yeah. Um, but ironically, it wasn't clear anyway. Like I would have been just running around and around and around in circles. I was yeah. actually looking at getting birth records and all sorts of stuff and um, immigration records to try and track down. And I would have been on the wrong 
on the wrong strain of the family anyway, the wrong branch of the family anyway. So Down the wrong rabbit hole. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It is like a huge big rabbit warren with all the different little tracks and paths and yeah, that's um, that's really really interesting. Um, have you, apart from contacting and having a, a good relationship with your auntie, have you fan, been able to find any other answers that have been able to help you? Not really, not really, because the my mum, my biological mother, just sort of put a stone wall up and went, I don't remember who it is, right. Um, and my auntie has asked questions and stuff like that. Um, but no one's really willing to push the boundaries too much because they don't want to fracture relationships. Like I said to my auntie under no circumstances at all, are you to damage the relationship you've now got with your parents because of me? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And she's been upset a couple of times about it because she said, I'm really, really sorry that I found what I was looking for and you haven't found what you were looking for. And that's when I said to her, but maybe I wasn't meant to find him. Maybe I was meant to find you. Yeah. Maybe because we have the relationship that we have. That was what I was meant to find. Look, I know that I know who he is. I know what he looks like. I know what my grandparents look like. Um, I know I have two half brothers and I said to her, maybe later on down the track, I might be able to get in touch with my two half-brothers, but at the moment I'm not willing to fracture any existing relationships or any new relationships just so I can find out some information. Like, it, down the track I can do that later on. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm just – I'm not willing to – because I know how if you've got that, particularly with my auntie because her parents are the age that they are, she only has a limited amount of time with them. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be the one that's caused any dramas with that. I'm just stoked that she gets to see them. Yeah. And she posts photos and stuff like that, so I get to see them as well, which is really cool. Yep. Um, I would love to meet them and just give them a hug and get them to meet my kids and stuff like that. But if that's not going to happen, then that's just just part of life. Like if, if DNA wasn't around, I wouldn't even know who they are. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, some, sometimes you've just got to step back and be grateful for what you have. Yep. Um, and not fight because ultimately I'm damaging myself more than I I need to, like yeah. to, to keep fighting it and all that sort of stuff. I'm just causing myself more harm. So yeah. you, you just sort of come to a point in time where you go, no, I, I can't keep doing this. I yep. can't keep banging my head against the wall. Like I, when I actually found him, um, I actually ended up, I had to take a week off work. I was right. such an emotional wreck for the fact that I'd actually found him because I'd always, for 40 odd years, I always believed that I would never find him. Yeah, right. I didn't have a clue. So yep. the, the actual realisation that I'd actually found him and he was still alive was huge. Um, but I'm not willing to continue causing myself harm over either of them. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a really good place to be, um, because the, we can let it eat ourselves till there's nothing left of us, and, exactly. and that's the danger. Um, mm. And knowing when to stop, yeah. I think, is really powerful. Um, and I'm really glad that you've been able to to do that. Um, yeah. 
yeah, you, well, you have to. You ha- there has to be a point in time where you just go, I can't keep doing this. This is destroying my soul. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not coping with anything, and you just it's just an emotional roller coaster the whole time that you're doing mm. it. Um, and it some people have the have the fight. Some people have the fight to just keep doing it and just keep pushing it. And I think that's fantastic that they have the fight to do that. But I, yeah, I can't. I'm an extremely emotional person at the best of times. Yep. Um, and I didn't need to keep doing that to myself. Like his decisions, his decision. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be able to sway that anyway. Yep. Um, and the way I kind of look at it now is, well, that's your loss. You've got four absolutely gorgeous grandkids that you don't want to have anything to do with. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I also think that you knowing yourself and how headstrong you are when it comes to that a decision, once a decision's made, it's made, you would get an understanding of where that comes from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's both of my biological parents are stubborn. Right. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely got it from both sides. Right. Which is, it, it, it gives you tenacity. It gives yeah. you the ability to to fight on and do things like even when I hit the veto with my biological mother, like I could have gone, okay, I can't do this. Yeah. But I went, no, I've got a little bit more information here. I want to sort of poke the bear a little yeah. bit more and find out. Well, and that- particularly because my, my adoptive parents were told that she was 17. So mm. when I found out she was 23, mm. that, that flipped everything on its head because that's a huge difference. A Big huge, time. even, even back in the seventies, yeah, for a twenty-three-year-old to just give up a child, yeah, was yeah, I yeah that that didn't sit very well with me when I found that out at the time. So it's a lot different um, to a seventeen-year-old. It is. There's a huge difference. Like yeah. twenty-three, you you've got an idea of what you're doing. Like you have the ability. Even back in the seventies, you had yeah. the ability to, if you wanted to do it, you could have done it. Yeah, and it might but, sound. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know how to put it, but I I just have a feeling that twenty three year olds were a lot more mature in the seventies than they are now. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. But it goes it goes towards that um the control that some parents have over some children. Yeah, that's right. Well, I guess as well the veto could have ended the story right there, and yeah, well. Legally, if I had have signed anything, yep. because when I when I applied for my birth certificate, that's when I found out there was a veto attached to it. Right. Um, and they said, if we issue you the certificate, you need to sign a legal document that says you will never contact her. Ah. You will never track her down. Um, and if you do, you are breaking the law. Right. So I never got a con. I never got a copy of my original birth certificate. Oh. I was not willing to sign that piece of paper yep. because I knew that if I signed that piece of paper, I, I would still do it. Yeah. I knew myself well enough to know that once I've got that little bee in my bonnet, yeah, I'm still going to do it. But I was fortunate that there was information that had been – if if my mum hadn't remembered the surname on my crib at the hospital, yeah, I would never have been able to find her without getting that birth certificate. But because my mum had remembered the surname – that's how I found it. That's how I did it because I was given her Christian name and her year of birth in the paperwork I was given from the hospital. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. 
it's, it's a lot of small little uh, moments that added up to exactly exactly you, and yeah. a lot of yeah a lot of parents when they're picking a baby up at three weeks of age and have no experience with a child um would not remember something like that no and everything so would be was, a blur yeah yeah and i was one of those kids that was allergic to milk so i was screaming my lungs out when my mum and dad picked me up right so I would have, but because they'd picked my brother up first, because they'd already been through it once, ah. they had a little, they had knowledge of having a child handed to them at three weeks of age. So that wasn't as, wasn't like their first time at doing it. It was their second time at doing it. So that's probably why my mum was a little bit more able to take in a little bit more information and yeah, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it was just the universe's way, obviously, of holding on to information and passing it on to me. Yeah. Wow. Um, if you had, oh, if you could go back in time, would you tell yourself anything different or if you uh, would be able to talk to somebody who's about to go into a similar path that you've gone on, have you got any advice that you'd like to give um, be open, but at the same time, protect yourself. Yeah. Because you've got to be open enough to listen to what, if you're fortunate enough to meet your biological parents, to listen to what they're saying yep. and what journey they were on at the time for the reason that they did what that they gave you up, mm-hmm. but at the same time protect yourself because even when you think you have the strongest relationship with that biological parent, um, it doesn't take much for them to do what they've already done. Well. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, good advice. Because I, my view of my biological mother was even when we were close, she had never had responsibility for anyone or anything in her life except for herself. Ah, oh, so she didn't have further yeah, she children. Had no more children. She had no more children. I was the only child that she ever had. Right. So she had been a single adult doing her own thing. By the time I met her, she was in her fifties. Yep. Um. So. She hadn't had to be accountable for anybody else. She hadn't had to be accountable for anyone else's feelings, emotions, in the way an adult, the way a parent does. Yeah. She had as a friend or in a relationship, but you're accountable in a different way when you're a parent. So Definitely. If, if they haven't had any other children or for whatever reason they've had other children, they have separated themselves from you once before. Mm-hmm. And she did it quite easily again. So I would be open. And if you want to follow it, follow it, follow it wholeheartedly. But keep yourself protected at the same time because unfortunately a lot of the stories end in heartache. Yeah, it's true. A lot of them end in heartache. Um, And it brings up a whole lot of hurt, a whole lot of hurt. And like I said, rejected twice. Yeah. Abandoned twice. Yeah. and that can be really hard to take, really hard to take. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, it's true. Mm. Um, and you, yeah, need to protect yeah. yourself as best you can. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and there's a lot of therapists out there now that that do talk to people yeah. that are adopted and stuff like that. Um, maybe have some or have a close mate that you can talk to. Um, that well, they don't have to have been adopted. Yeah, but someone that knows you well enough, that knows who you are and all that sort of stuff, that you can talk to and just to sound just as a sounding board, so you're not trying to process it all yourself because it's a lot to kind of process, particularly the first couple of letters and stuff that you get. Yeah. You just want to jump in right away. Like you just want to jump behind the wheel of the car and just drive straight away to the address because you know that's the person that you've been looking for and, and you want to see them then and there and now and instantly. Yeah. And um, you can't do that. You've got to have time for both of you to process what's going on. Absolutely. Slowly, slowly is uh, a yeah. good way to yeah. go. Yeah. Righto. Well, thanks very much for coming on, Jackie. Um, Not a problem. Um, well, before we go, how are you mm-hmm. now? Are you? How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I have my good times and my bad times. Um, yep. My birthday last year was a bad time, so I didn't celebrate my birthday. Ninety-eight um, percent of the time, I'm fine. Yep. The other times, I'm either bitterly angry or upset, but. I just sort of look at my kids and um, love them with all of my heart and just sort of uh, deal with it that way. Yeah. Because no. you can't you can't keep beating yourself up for something that's beyond your control. Absolutely. And that's so true. Mm. We are where we yeah, are through right. other people's decisions. Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's all been taken out of our um, – Control, like whoever we were given to to raise us, has been taken out of our control. Yep. Um, and yeah, just um, I try and be true to myself, um, true to the person that I am. Um, if if someone doesn't like me for whatever reason, that's their business. I don't carry other people's judgments. Mm-hmm. Um, I just make sure that I'm happy with who I am, um, and that I pass that on to my kids as well um yeah i'm i'm all right <laughs> excellent well that's really good yeah yeah, yeah. cool oh well, thanks very yeah. much for coming on jackie i really appreciate your time no dramas and until thank you yeah no thank you that was jackie green telling us her story of her adoption and all the small things that go into uh making up a whole picture Uh, So thank you, Jackie. And if you want to come on the show, let us know. Uh, Until then, uh, talk to you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.